Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Human shields. These are two words you've probably heard quite a lot, predominantly, of course, from official Israeli spokespeople and their media allies. Now, the use of human shields is illegal. It's prohibited by the Protocol 1 of the Geneva Conventions, an amendment which was introduced in 1977. It is a war crime. Now, I'm going to explain why this claim is a nonsense, a lie, and is it in fact the Israeli state who have a long track record of using Palestinian civilians as human shields in wanton violation of the laws which govern warfare. Now, human shields are Israel's favourite go-to talking point when confronted with damning statistics, such as the over 30,000 Palestinians believed to have suffered violent deaths in just over 100 days, many of them, of course, children, or the fact that over half of buildings have been damaged or destroyed. Similarly, is their go-to response to defend, say, attacking hospitals, schools, places of worship, mosques and churches. Now, human shields are indeed, ironically, human shields for the Israeli state to hide behind to defend itself from claims it's committing war crimes and indiscriminately slaughtering innocent people, which of course it absolutely is. But you're being lied to about human shields. And as I'll show, Israel's far more guilty of using human shields than its enemies. Now, first of all, given the amount of firepower used against Gaza, this whole narrative is a nonsense. Tens of thousands of pounds worth of explosives have been detonated over one of the most densely populated places on Earth. A strip of land, which is just 141 square miles or 25 miles long, between 3.7 and 7.5 miles wide. The consequences in terms of the cost of human life from such a bombardment are obvious. Indeed, given Israel's dropped 2,000 pound bombs over 200 times on areas it declared were safe zones, human shields are really neither here nor there. Note too how a Washington Post investigation took apart claims by the Israel Defense Forces that Al-Shifa Hospital was the main headquarters of Hamas with no meaningful evidence offered to substantiate such claims. That in other words, they were justified in their murderous onslaught against the biggest hospital in Gaza, causing a mass grave to be dug for the slaughtered doctors, nurses and patients, and the World Health Organization calling it a death zone, all on the grounds that civilians there were essentially human shields. So let's examine previous Israeli claims about human shields. Now, in 2009, human rights organization Amnesty International published a detailed report into Operation Cast Iron Lead. That was a three-week Israeli assault on Gaza. It lasted between December 2008 and January 2009. It killed well over a thousand Palestinians. Now in that report, Israel was itself accused of multiple serious war crimes, costing the lives of so many innocent Palestinian civilians. What of the use of human shields by Hamas or other such militants in this particular conflict? Now, Amnesty did condemn Hamas, important to know, and other armed groups for launching rockets and locating military equipment and positions near civilian homes, placing civilian lives at risk, as well as using empty homes and properties as combat positions during armed confrontations with Israeli forces. But while they denounced Hamas and other armed groups for this reckless behaviour, 
They stated there was no evidence for human shields. The behavior they condemned isn't shielding under international law. As Amnesty put it, and I'm quoting them here, they found no evidence that Hamas or other Palestinian fighters directed the movement of civilians to shield military objectives from attacks. They added they found no evidence that Hamas or other armed groups forced residents to stay in or around buildings used by fighters, nor that fighters prevented residents from leaving buildings or areas which had been commandeered by militants. They then went through various false claims by the Israeli state and ministers about human shields, where, for example, uh, it was claimed in using Palestinian civilians as human shields, Hamas is therefore responsible for the loss of civilian lives in the Gaza Strip. So this is an established pattern. Whenever there's a loss of life, civilian life caused by Israeli weapons, Israel announces that this is all really the responsibility of Hamas. That is in reality granting themselves a charter to commit war crimes because they can simply say that any atrocity they commit, however obscene, is not really their fault at all. It's the responsibility of the enemy. Well, that means they can do anything they want and it's never their fault. Now, as the report noted, this approach may have also contributed to a culture of impunity among the troops, giving a message that unlawful attacks and other violations of international humanitarian law could be blamed on Hamas. A really important point. Soldiers, therefore, can think they can commit war crimes. They can get away with killing innocent civilians and that the blame, the responsibility will be deflected away from them onto Hamas itself. Now, that report for Amnesty is from 15 years ago. It shows a strategy Israel has long utilised here, deflection. They also noted that an extremely broad definition of legitimate target was used. Any individual institution associated with Hamas, but this blurred the distinction between civilians and combatants. And indeed, soldiers, Israeli soldiers, reported they were being allowed or even encouraged by their commanders to fire anything that moved, even if there was no danger to their lives. Now, we'll come on to what this report said about Israelis, the Israeli army using human shields, because it is, frankly, absolutely horrific. Now, in the same war, Amnesty's fellow NGO, Human Rights Watch, concluded that contrary to Israeli claims, in the killings documented in this report, Human Rights Watch found no evidence that the civilian victims were used by Palestinian fighters as human shields or were shot in the crossfire between opposing forces. In each of the incidents, Israeli forces appeared in control and Palestinian fighters had left the area in question. The civilian victims were in plain view and posed no apparent security threat. So just debunking the claim civilian loss of life was being caused by human shields. Strikingly, they noted that at least one person in the se in seven cases they went through was waving an improvised white flag before being shot dead. Much like, I would note, the Israeli hostages shot dead by the IDF in December. Now, we'll come on to what this report said about Israel's use of human shields. Again, it is damning. Now, in the 2014 Israel onsla Israeli onslaught on Gaza, Amnesty later wrote uh, that they do not have evidence at this point that Palestinian civilians have been intentionally used by Hamas or Palestinian armed groups during the current hostilities to shield specific locations or military personnel or equipment from Israeli attacks. Again, the evidence isn't there. The BBC's Jeremy Bowen wrote in 2014, I saw no evidence during my week in Gaza of Israel's accusation that Hamas uses Palestinians as human shields. So the evidence for human shields in these previous conflicts straightforwardly does not exist. It should be noted that even if human shields had been used by Palestinian militants, which the evidence isn't there, that doesn't make them legitimate targets, uh, you know, straightforwardly in that sense at all. If you attack a target with human shields, that attack must be proportionate to a military advantage. But again, the evidence just isn't there to justify the claim. Now, strikingly, in contrast, there's heaps of evidence that Israel uses human shields. It's worth noting, by the way, 
Israel's accusations that Hamas endangers civilians by basing itself in civilian areas. Well, consider the fact that the IDF's own headquarters in central Tel Aviv is surrounded by a hospital, a civilian block of flats, shopping centers, and offices. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If the military headquarters of the Al-Qassam brigades, the military wing of Hamas, was situated in the same way, just imagine for a moment how that would be portrayed. Now, it's worth noting, of course, that Gaza is one of the most densely populated places on Earth. Pretty difficult for any armed group not to operate in civilian areas as a consequence. But the policy of the Israeli state using actual human shields goes back decades. According to the Israeli human rights organization Betzalem, since the Israeli occupation of the West Bank and Gaza began in 1967, Israeli forces have repeatedly used Palestinian civilians as human shields. That is forcing them to perform military tasks that endanger their lives, including soldiers ordering Palestinian civilians to remove suspicious objects from roads, telling people to come out of their homes so the army can arrest them, standing in front of soldiers while they shoot from behind them. These civilians were chosen at random, according to Betzlem, and could not refuse the demand, which, after all, armed soldiers had placed on them. They also made clear this wasn't soldiers doing this off their own steam, but because of decisions made from the top. Now, in the second Palestinian Intifada, that is uprising, which began in 2000, this became open military policy. So as a result, there was a legal battle in Israel's high court from 2002 onwards, and the state then responded and issued an unequivocal order to all forces forbidding them from using any civilians as a living shield against gunfire attacks from Palestinian forces. So that's that, is it? This gruesome episode in Israel's vicious oppression of the Palestinians was over. Far from it. Now, for a start, the state argued that ordering civilians to force other civilians out of their, sorry, force others out of their homes doesn't constitute being a human shield, but they claimed they would not do this if the civilian was in danger. This was tested a few months later when Israeli forces sent a 19-year-old Palestinian man called Nidal Abu Muksan to the home of a Hamas activist to order him to get out of the house. The Hamas activist thought that this 19-year-old was a soldier and shot him dead. In response, Israeli human rights organizations again took the state to court and got a temporary injunction ordering an end to this policy, but they continued to receive information it was still in practice. There was then a protracted legal back and forth, with the military arguing they could still use the policy if the civilian consented. An absurdity, given a civilian, of course, can never freely consent when facing an order from gun-toting soldiers. 
This legal battle went on and supposedly the practice was then banned altogether. But it wasn't. Betzalem received numerous reports of human shields being used by Israel in the Gaza wars, first of 2008-2009, that's Operation Cast Lead, and Operation Protective Edge in 2014. In Operation Cast Lead, the vast majority of reports were never investigated, and only one prosecution. That's when two soldiers ordered a nine-year-old boy at gunpoint to open a bag they suspected was booby-trapped. Now, before you think with that prosecution, oh, fair play, Israel, consider the absolutely hideous gravity of that particular war crime, and then consider the punishment those two soldiers received. A three-month conditional sentence, and a demotion from staff sergeant to private, and that was all two years later. No commanding officers were tried. Now, let's go back to that Amnesty International report about Operation Cast Iron Lead, published in 2009. They write, in several cases, Israeli soldiers also use civilians, including children, as human shields, endangering their lives by forcing them to remain in or near houses which they took over and used as military positions. Some are forced to carry out dangerous tasks, such as inspecting properties or objects suspected of being booby-trapped. Soldiers also took position and launched attacks from and around inhabited houses, exposing local residents to the danger of attacks or being caught in the crossfire. So they talk about one case, members of the Al-Simuni family finding themselves trapped and under fire. The family told Amnesty that as soldiers moved in with tanks backed up by helicopters, that they the soldiers took over several homes and kept the families as human shields while they used the houses as military bases. With civilians tied up and blindfolded, no water given. Medical access was forbidden to the area for the rest of Operation Cast Iron Lead. Later, numbers of decomposed bodies were extracted from under the rubble. Those were civilians, of course, killed in that violence. Now, Amnesty go on to discuss multiple examples of Israeli forces taking over Palestinian homes, forcing them to stay in a ground floor uh, room, and then using the rest of the house as a military base with sniper positions that is using families, including children, as human shields, placing them in danger. A war crime, a serious grave war crime. Now, in one example, a man, his wife, and then nine children, five daughters and four sons, aged between four and 22, were in their home when soldiers took over their home and held them as human shields for two days, according to this report. They then forced the family out and destroyed their home. Human Rights Watch similarly detailed a case of Israeli soldiers standing behind a Palestinian man um, as a home was searched. So consider these facts. There was no evidence of Hamas or other fighters using human shields in previous conflicts. There was ample evidence of Israel using Palestinian civilians as human shields in previous conflicts. In the current horror, Israeli forces are clearly engaged in far, far more violence and war crimes than in these previous conflicts. So it's reasonable to believe that given their past behavior, if they are far less restrained this time, they're far more likely to be using human shields. None of this is somehow to praise Hamas, by the way, who clearly, as I've always said, committed grave war crimes against Israeli civilians. It's just to point out that the facts from independent human rights organizations discredit the claim here. And Hamas, after all, do re require some form of support, at least acquiescence from the population of Gaza. They swiftly lose that if they were using human shields, of course. Naked self-interest on their part is at play here. It's also worth noting that according to the Israeli-Palestinian magazine Plus 972, which was a detailed bit of uh, journalism they published based on Israeli military intelligence sources, Israel has a practice of bombing those identified as Hamas targets as they sleep in their family homes, often killing not just them, but their entire families. This, the sources know, would be like Hamas fighters 
Hamas militants killing Israeli soldiers in their family homes along with their entire families. Can you imagine if that was actually happening? Just imagine. And I think that just underlines the grotesque standards. The truth is, human shields, this whole concept has been used by the Israeli state and its propagandists to deflect responsibility for an appalling act of mass murder, the indiscriminate slaughter of civilians on a colossal scale. Don't fall for it. The evidence isn't there. Start holding Israel responsible for its proven use of civilians as human shields. This is the truth. Please like and subscribe. Do share this video. I think this is an important message to get out. Uh, you can keep the show on the road on patreon.com forward slash owenjones84. Listen to us on the podcast. I'll speak to you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.